Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Friday on the show, it's off-season episode number 120 freaking 5, and we are really in the stretch run now because we only have 11, well, I guess if you count today, but after today, we only have 11 more shows until opening night. Now, the 12th will likely air before it, but, you know, who's counting? Me, I'm counting. This is Fantasy NBA Today, Sports Ethos presentation. I'm Dan Vespers. It's September 30th. We're into October tomorrow. It's unbelievable. How the heck did we get to this point? Oh, I know. Uh, slogging through a very long offseason. Man, I forgot how long the real offseason is. Look, I I am not advocating for the weirdness that was COVID stuff, COVID seasons the last two years. But, oof, I was not prepared for this length of an offseason. You know, in 2020, we had an offseason, we had an early offseason of like three and a half months, and then we had the non-existent offseason. Then last year, we had the, it was shortened by a month. Feels a lot different. Don't you think it feels different? I don't know. In any case, yesterday, September the 29th, was the most set the record for most downloads in a single September day in the history of this podcast. I guess I shouldn't be too surprised because it's near the end of September, so closer to the start of the season, and every year this show has grown, but still, it is a pretty sweet and overwhelming number that we got to yesterday, uh, not even into the month of October yet. So thank you to all of the listeners who you power me because every time I see the show grow, I think, okay, I can keep doing this. I think if we ever plateaued or started to drop off, I'd be like, all right, who wants to take over this thing? <laughs> so don't let that happen. Uh, a couple of little pre-announcements today. Number one, talking to Thunder Dan Palio on today's show. Very, very excited about that. Someone I've wanted to get on the pod for a long time, and we finally made the schedules fit. So that is very exciting. Thing number two, the Brewski 150 is still exclusively in our Ethos 360 package. Ethos 360 package has our full season fantasy package. It has our DFS package. It has our wagering package. And they just let me know, by the way, that over the last calendar year, the wagering team all together is up over 100 units. Even if you're only putting $10 on a bet, you'd make a grand. And I think most people are more than $10 per unit when they bet. That is a crazy number. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ethos 360 has more than paid for itself decades over at this point, just on the wagering side. But take the fantasy side, and you're really in business. The uh, I've been getting a bunch of questions about how the, the whole scheme sets up, and so I, I do apologize for not diving straight into the fantasy stuff today, but I wanted to answer this promotional question. The Brewski 150, the seminal list, the winningest list in the history of fantasy basketball, is in Ethos 360 right now. That's the only package that it's in today. On Monday, it goes into the old school bundle, which has fantasy and wagering, but not DFS. Okay, so that's the next step. That's the next one that the B-150 goes into. The fantasy pass, 
Our most popular package gets the Brewski 150 next Saturday. That's October 8th. It's a five-day jump between each thing. So B150 got it two days ago. Old School gets it three days from now. Fantasy Pass gets it eight days from now. That's also, by the way, when a la carte buyers get it. So if you get just the B150 by itself, that's on the 8th. Draft Guide only buyers, which is, of course, our cheapest item, our most affordable item, October 13th gets the B150. So it goes September 28th, October 3rd, October 8th, October 13th. That's the scheme for that. So right now, if you want the B150, you got to go get an Ethos 360 plan. That, I hope, answers that question. And again, I do apologize for doing that at the front end of the show. I think generally I do a better job of diving in these days, but not today. So my humblest apologies, but, you know, we got to move units this time of year. And that means you guys got to know what the hell you're getting. Also, Ethos Listener Leagues filling up. Actually, it was awesome. We got a lot of responses yesterday. I don't know what it was exactly about yesterday. Such a busy day. Everybody deciding they wanted to play. Awesome competition. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, about any of those things, about listener leagues, about recruiting here. If you want to work at Sports Ethos, if you have just fantasy questions, if you want to ask st- questions about our, our marketing, about our, our premium stuff, all of that, you can hit me on Twitter at Dan Bespris or email roster at sportsethos.com. Enough waiting, though. We got fantasy to discuss. I'm really excited about this one, and I say this with all sincerity, and folks that listen to the show know that I mean it. Uh, We have a guest today that I've been wanting to get on the show for a very long time, and uh, I'd like to say that it has been really difficult to do it, but mostly it's just been me being slow to actually create time in my own schedule, so I don't put the blame on you. Uh, Welcome to the show, Thunder Dan Palio. What's up, man? Hey, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks for having me on. And uh, likewise, I've been looking forward to this for a while. We've been trying to like make time to, to you know, kind of finally actually meet and chat about, about Fantasy Hoops. So this is great. Thanks again for having me. Oh, gosh. My pleasure. First of all, congratulations. The writer of the year last year. That's unbelievable, man. Got, a, got yourself yeah. a trophy. Uh, yeah, they sent a really cool award and like it's on my desk by where I write and like it kind of like made me like, especially this off season because I I don't just write about basketball. I do cover uh, the NFL and Major League Baseball, but this year I was like, I'm gonna get so much basketball content for the for our site, and I'm gonna join some of these industry leagues, right? Like we're in a couple leagues together in these mocks, and like really go hard because I'm I'm the basketball writer of the year. But honestly, I was really just <laughs> you know flattered to win it, and I, I know yeah, um, your buddy Aaron was the other um, nominee, and and like I was just such a big fan of Aaron Bruski, so I was so thrilled to even be nominated alongside him. But um, it certainly hasn't gone to my head. I uh, I don't know that much more fantasy basketball than, <laughs> Give than the rest of you guys and so many other good minds in the industry. Well, let it go to your head, damn it, because uh, folks want to hear what you've got to say. So that's what we're diving into here today. By the way, you can yeah. follow Thunder Dan. DFS on Twitter at ThunderDanDFS. I'll remind everybody of that again at least one more time during the show. Yeah. You are um can I just change your title to uh registered insane person uh for covering yeah. every single sport? Is that fair? Yeah, like, it's pretty like like I was nuts. talking with another guy on a different show last night. It's it's pretty insane because there's so much overlap with the seasons. And uh, like right now is a very busy time because there's still actually baseball going <laughs> yeah, on. And we're right in the middle of football. And of course, I'm trying desperately to get all my rankings done and all my preseason NBA stuff done. So 
Uh, I don't know if it's sustainable forever. I may have to eventually make some tough decisions or something down the road, but um, I'm trying. I, I played all three sports as a kid. I enjoy all three sports a lot. I do love covering the NBA probably the most of all three. So that's probably a good thing that your listeners want to hear. And fantasy basketball is honestly my favorite thing to play of all three as well. So uh, I was going to I was gonna rib you and ask you when you're going to add hockey to the mix, but I guess we can just talk about the mock draft yeah, results. I can't uh, get into hockey. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't either. Luckily, um, you've got plenty going on. NBA, MLB, yeah. NFL, DFS, sports betting over at Roto Baller, and again, the Basketball Writer of the Year last year. So let's talk about the results, and we'll have a laugh. You had a couple of autos in there, which is going to happen in these slow drafts that are mocks that take three and a half days. Yeah. Uh, but starting at the top, you had the first or the uh, third pick, excuse me, third pick. Um, I just want to try yeah. to set the stage. I am going to attempt to do math as we go through this, and we'll see how that <laughs> goes. Uh, but Giannis at three, um, I, I think you may. Did you say you were drafting as if it was head to head? Because we can actually talk about it as if it's head to head instead. I kind of did. I'm kind of wired for that. I I um I do prefer head to head to roto, but I know everybody has their own their own you know their own favorites but it it probably didn't probably wouldn't have made too much of a difference at least with this first pick right because i mean jonas falling to me at three was like kind of just like a no-brainer like i mean i know i know luca went second right and so i was like I, am i gonna let jonas fall past three um so yeah i grabbed him there i think that's it kind of where you know the pick to make at that spot were you considering anybody else there um Honestly, I'm pretty high on Luca too. So if if Doctor A hadn't taken Luca, I may have, <laughs> well, you I knew have, that that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I may have. I mean, I may have considered him there as well. Yeah. So uh, your second round pick actually is a fun one because Dejounte Murray's been bouncing around quite a lot. The, the yeah. initial ADP for him, or the initial, and everything sort of ends up getting built off Yahoo's crazy X ranks. But initially, uh. I think they came out with the list right before the trade. So he was in the first round and then he got traded and he got dropped into the like early third. And then he's been yeah, slowly climbing smart. into the middle of the second. And it seems like maybe that's where he's going to end up. He seems like a decent value here at 22, just yeah. given like, you know, he's a, he's a very good fantasy player who has a nice floor because of the steals, because of the rebounds. Um, yep. I like where you got him here. This feels like a good one. Yeah, this was, I mean, I haven't pushed up my rankings as far as I probably can, probably more than I should even justify. I just don't necessarily buy that the move to Atlanta is going to, like, destroy his value. I mean, the guy, uh, how do we know that that's going to happen? We have we don't know how he's going to coexist with Trey Young. People, I think, are assuming it's going to hurt the counting stats, and it probably will, right, a little bit in terms of his assists and his, his scoring and whatnot. But, you know, the he's such a solid all-around player, right? Like, he does a little bit of everything. Um, the steals are certainly there. Maybe the steals could even increase. You know, I, I just, I, other than not, you know, he's not a great three point shooter. He's probably never going to be shooting a ton of volume of threes. Um, I just have such a huge respect for him and his game that I think his, his game is so fantasy friendly. Why would it, why would it drop off in Atlanta that much? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. So I don't know that I have a follow-up question on that one. That allows us to move to pick number three, yeah. Pascal Siakam. That's uh, 27. That's the me doing slow addition in my head. I, I do wish that the results of this were listed numerically instead of like yeah, which, which pick per <laughs> round. I can figure out which right. pick it is in each round pretty quick. 
It's like figuring out what is 7-5 or whatever that happens to be. That takes me a second. Um, yeah. Siakam was an interesting story last year because he started the season hurt. He's one of those very rare cases over the last decade of a guy who came into a season injured, got better, and then was just good the rest of the way. Um, and it seems like you're buying in on that just rolling right into this year, yeah? Yeah, I'm I'm buying in. I I mean, again, I re- I just love. There are certain players that you just kind of love their their game and how they play. And you know, you saw you saw him last year, and maybe it had to do with you know Van Fleet missing some time, and and there are times when he had to kind of take a more active role in the offense. His assists was assists went up last year, right? Um, you know, t- pretty much tied his career high in scoring. Uh, it just again does a little bit of everything. I mean, such a versatile player. Um, it just seems like. You know, there's a, there's enough to go around there in Toronto. Even even the addition of Scotty Barnes really didn't, you know, ding him too much, and he was able to to, to put up such great stat lines. Um, I just I don't know. I think of the third round just feels late for him. For a guy that has his potential, he's still young. He's still, you know, could even outproduce what he's done this far. Um, and again, as a fantasy player, I just think he's a little bit underrated. I think he should be like a late second round, early third round pick. He's really a, you know, about four percentage points at the free throw line away from making that next leap, too, because you look right. at his stuff, and that's really the only thing where he was sub-average last year. Right. Um, and I know he didn't hit a ton of three-pointers, but he is a, a power forward and a center, so I don't know how much you expect right. there. But, yeah, nine boards, over five assists, almost two combined defensive stats. A lot of good stuff all the way across the board. And I don't mean to jump to the next guy, but I'm going to – because it ends up being a bit topical for me. I, uh, in a in a mock draft, took Jared Allen in the mid to late fourth round, and you took Jared Allen here in the late fourth round, which, yes. okay, wait, I can do this, uh, 46. Um, see, that was a quicker one, because that was pick 10. Thank goodness you're pick 10 coming back in all of these rounds. That's going to make the math a lot simpler <laughs> for me. Um, and I, I had a couple people come after me on Twitter, not like, uh, violently or anything, but just to say, <laughs> mob. like, yeah, you're, Twitter mob. you're taking him at his peak. And I'm like, well, I mean, How do we he know? <laughs> yeah. And he was in the thirties in nine cat last year. I think he was yeah, 32. Right. So very clearly, uh, just mathematically, it's not his peak. I mean, if you, if you want to say last year was his peak, then fine, we can do that. But that was 32. And as I just yeah. said, you took him here at 46. So um, feel free to uh, yell at my Twitter followers on my behalf here if you'd like. I will. <laughs> Thank you. I will. And, Listen, I, so part of this is colored by my fandom. I'm a Cavaliers fan. And, oh, this would be a fun year for you. Yeah, it was a great year. I, I was my most fun year watching Cavaliers basketball, and I, I, including the LeBron years. I said this to my followers. like LeBron teams were not all that fun to watch because it was a LeBron show. This team was so much fun because it was like all these young guys and they played as a team and they were winning games they weren't supposed to. And I'm so excited about this young team. Now bringing Donovan Mitchell in is is exciting and I think it's going to help them, you know, be more competitive. Um, But it's pretty cool to watch them kind of, you know, do this organically and draft these guys and and trade for these guys and develop them. And Jared Allen just made leaps and bounds improvements. It's not just like when he was first in the league, it looked like he was, you know, like a, just a, what a rebounder going to catch alley oops like he was not but his offensive skill set in this post game has really improved um and then i don't think he was really that damaged by having evan mobley people thought oh well that guy have mobley now he's not it's going to affect his numbers and everything and they really didn't you know he's he, 
what is he, 15 and 11? Like, um, great field goal percentage, uh, shot blocker. Um, I mean, I just think he's – I just think we don't know the, what his ceiling is yet. I think he continued to go up. I've I've heard a few people talk about his blocks and, and Mobley's blocks both this year potentially going up with the fact that Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are not very good on ball defenders, and there's going to be more – more guards bringing it in the paint and waiting to get it rejected. So I don't know if you follow that theory or not, but I mean, what can you not, what can you not like about Jared Allen? Like the guy is just really, he's really safe, really solid. And I think has some upside. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and, and I don't want my followers to think that I'm actually coming back after them. I I just want it to be a fun little discussion point here. There was uh, a note made that maybe his field goal percent could come back down a little bit. Yeah, maybe, but you know, he was at 65% in Brooklyn, in 2019-2020, when he has good guard play around him, there's no reason to think that number is moving all that no. much. And then, if mm. anything, if you're going to argue some things come down, his blocks were actually kind of low last year compared to his career numbers. He played 32 minutes yeah. a game, only 1.3 blocks per contest, where over his career, he was at 1.4 in 26 minutes per game. So that's a number that could go up to uh, potentially 1.6 or even higher so these things yeah. tend to kind of counterbalance one another. Uh, on top of everything else, he was actually in the 20s in ranking for most of the year, pre-injury, and he just sort of wasn't quite the same after he came back. The Cavs team as a whole was just kind of, I don't know. Half was rough, yeah, yeah. It, things, came, things came apart. Uh, so, yeah, I got, I got no problem with him in the 40s. I, like, I don't think he's going to be a top 20 guy, but... No. I don't see the floor being much lower than 50, which basically means you got no. yourself like a guaranteed clean single to left at this point. Uh, I've been doing yeah. way too many baseball metaphors. I have to apologize to <laughs> all fine. my I listeners. But you it. cover baseball, so it works here. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. It's great. Your fifth round pick is also a fun one. Desmond Bain, this is 51... Doing the math here. You can yell at me if I ever screw up the math on any of these things. No, please. Uh, You're helping me out because I can't do it that fast. <laughs> trying here. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another one that feels like a clean single to left. There's like the floor is very high. The ceiling is like maybe a little higher than where you got him. But like we saw mm-hmm. a really nice Bane last year that was number 36 pretty much consistently all year. Memphis, I would mm-hmm. argue, got a little bit thinner from a depth perspective, so that doesn't hurt. And dude only played 29 point and change minutes per ball game last year. That's a number that could right. actually go up by a tiny bit. So another one of your picks that yeah. I actually really like. I want to grill you on one of these, and and maybe I'll get there. But <laughs> so far, I you know well, other you can than just praise all of them. I, that's fine. I just keep telling me how good of a job I did. Yeah, I mean for Roto, the only thing I might have changed would have been going to uh, like an Embiid or a Duran at the top because of Giannis and his free throw thing. But head to head, it obviously makes sense to lean into some of the and go really strong in a few categories. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like Bane a lot too. I guess I'll just sort of hand you the floor if there's anything you want to add there. Not great question asking on my part, but here yeah, we are. No, this is <laughs> you know you know it's it's all good. Um, Desmond Bain is just a really good player. I mean, we saw him emerge as like a, you know, a, not just the role player, but the score and the guy they went to down the stretch. Right. I mean, um, when Morant was, was out a bit, we know, you know, Jaron Jackson is going to miss the beginning of this season and they need scoring. Um, he's just so solid, man. Um, the three, three threes a game and the scoring and a little bit of everything across the board, good percentages. Um, 
I, I don't know. I just have a thing for Desmond Bain. I just think he's like a really good real life player and like a really solid and safe in the same vein that we said that, you know, Jared Allen is like, you know, pretty safe floor, maybe not massive ceiling, but like when you get into these middle rounds, I mean, what are you trying to do? You're, you're, you're trying to make, get some really good, safe players to fill out your roster with. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, now coming back here in the six, this would be pick 70. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, we haven't talked about him all that much on the podcast. I don't know why. It's not by choice. He just hasn't come up all that often. What do you think we see out of him this year? Because he was amazing last season. He was number 57 per game basis. Mm-hmm. Great in both percentages. That surprised the hell yeah. out of me, I'll admit. Um, do you see him? Is there room for him to take a step forward? How does the, like, James Harden saying he dropped 100 pounds was a joke, but also not, like, totally a joke. <laughs> Not uh, completely, yeah. Yeah. How do you see all I mean, of that playing out with Maxi? What was interesting about Maxi was, you know, he was playing a ton on the ball before Harden got there, right? And was, you know, was was basically the the point guard. And then he really moved off the ball and it didn't hurt him, right? In fact, he was very effective as kind of as their two guard or combo guard, whatever you want to call it, um, with Harden there. And I just I mean, I do watch a lot. I'm in Pennsylvania here. I do watch a lot of Sixers stuff and I watch him play a ton and the, the, he's just really good. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how else to say other than uh, I'm impressed with his versatility and his skill set. And I don't know that there's a ton of room to, to grow in any of these categories. Like I don't think he's, he's scoring. He's probably as long as Harden is there is kind of capped in that area where he's at now. Um, but I mean, I, I just think that again, if you're looking at, I hate to say, repeat the same thing, like a guy who, pretty consistent right across the board doesn't really hurt you anywhere um and i don't know like he's still young right he's still gonna gonna probably improve as a basketball player and could 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 you know raise his floor here a little bit this year so yeah i just based on where we were and it was tough because this is when you're drafting in this kind of league and you have such good competition you're drafting against like you get sniped all the time right like i'm sure i'm i kind of trying to remember who i had probably i'd I'd up at this point, but I'm sure it was probably someone other than him. And I just ended up being like, all right, man, like I need someone pretty reliable, pretty good. Tyrese Maxey is probably the best guy remaining of, of in this area of where I was, you know, had to draft. Yeah, there's one thing I can certainly say about your top six is that you really have almost no bust potential in there, which yeah. that's kind of fun. Like there, there's a lot of guys in the, it, especially between the third and the sixth rounds, where you can look at them. You're like, yeah, but this could go sour. There, I mean, everything can always get screwed up. Somebody has like yeah, a catastrophic knee, stuff, right? Sure. But like, just from a straight role and stat set perspective, it's hard to see any of those guys being a massive disappointment in a way that yeah. I like. I could pick a few names out of the board here, and maybe I will on another day. I don't want to pick anybody's tear anybody's teams apart when they're not in the show to defend themselves uh we get to laugh at you in in round number seven because for some yeah. reason i i no, fan tracks has kavan looney really high on their draft yeah board. what's up with that um i don't know what the hell he's doing there like there's absolutely no reason at all but you got autoed kavan looney and so now we yeah can, uh, what can you what can so you do besides laugh where where should we really take kavan looney is the question should we deserve to be in I mean, I guess like in the late, late rounds, depending on the size of your league, right? I mean, 
I don't yeah. know. He's, I mean, yeah, right, exactly. If it's a little deeper, um, you know, he's deeper starting, formers. but there's Draymond's going to play center and Wiseman's healthy coming into this year. Yeah, Wiseman's back, sure, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I don't think so. No, yeah. He's, he is, he's someone that could play in like 80 out of 82 games at a top 150 clip. And so then he would technically register as a standard league guy, but it's going to be like backdooring it in that way. Yeah. Like the right. ultimate health for a very much a like slightly sub streamer level player um, of your last five. And I can't remember which of these you said got autoed. So I'm just going to read them all off to the listeners. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Josh Giddy in the eighth, Andrew Wiggins in the ninth, Sadiq Bay in the 10th, Jay Sean Tate in the 11th. And we only went 12 in this one because damn, it's I'd make this thing take long enough already. Steven Adams in the 12th, which of those five did you intend to end up with? And which did you not? That way we can dig into the so- right ones. Not that I hate them in this range, but Josh Giddy was the auto pick. Um, and I, I obviously like him as a fantasy player. My biggest concern with him and, and the reason I took wouldn't have taken him where he was taken for me has to do again with that OKC kind of shut down um, the end of the season stuff. Like, I don't know how you feel about that, but I know a lot of people are very hesitant to draft, you know, SGA or draft Giddy or any of these other guys because it just feels like, especially with the lost season of, you know, Chet's got a lot, Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren's lost season. Like, you know, what is OKC going to look like in the final two months when you're gearing up for the playoffs? Are they right. going to shut everybody down again and just play and play for picks? And so that's my biggest knock on Giddy. I, I mean, as, as far as a fantasy player, I mean, he, he's pretty good, you know, other than poor field goal percentage and um, not a lot of defensive stats. Like he's certainly a, you know, a PRA guy, right? Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm my my own verdict is a little out on him because Yahoo's got him going in like the 60s, which is nuts. But you got him here at yeah, I think this is 94. Now, yeah. like you could almost sell me on him in that range because you yeah. got so many safe picks near the top that at this point, like eh, maybe a home run hack isn't the worst idea in the world. And there's a little bit of a home run hack thing going on there where yeah, maybe there's a pre shutdown. They've done that in OKC where they just shut guys down in December. It's like, all right, well, we'll just lose a bunch of games here. That way, if we accidentally win one in March, yeah, oh, well, the pre-tank. I've been trying to get folks to call that the pre-tank. Uh, the pre-tank. And they're on it already. <laughs> they're on it already because Shea's out to through training camp, right? So we, <laughs> it's already happening. So they'll just pre-tank yeah. October, November, and you know they'll go 0-17. And, and then if they accidentally win a game in March and April... Doesn't matter because they were already at the bottom. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, of right. the last four, which ones were on purpose, which were by accident? Okay, so um, I'm looking at who I'm making sure I got this right. Okay, so so Sadiq Bay, right, um, is really intriguing to me, and it's like a guy who I think has a ton of upside. You know, um, Detroit is Cade's team, right? And Cade, we expect a lot out of Cade, but like Sadiq Bay had some games last year, right? especially towards the end of the year, where he just went nuts and. No Jeremy Grant there, right? Um, things kind of opening up for him. 3 and D kind of guy. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he he projects really well, and the rankings really like him. I I like him. I think he's kind of an uh, upside play there. Um, he's probably the one guy I had intended on drafting. Andrew Wiggins fits that same mold of earlier, like best available. Like you know what you're getting, kind of a known quantity, you know, very, very boring pick. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Andrew Wings is not an exciting player to own, but he's certainly like really not going to hurt you, right? 
So um, on the Bay one, and then I'll let you jump yeah. back into your stuff here. For Sadiq Bay, he actually, one of the things that folks need to remember is he got off to an absolutely atrocious start last year. He shot like 34% right. on high volume. He was around 42 43% the last two or three months of the year, uh, and he was in the 85 per game range over that stretch. So while he's not a guy that I've talked about a ton, you got him here almost at 120 uh, that seems and, too low, right? Yeah, that low. Is, that is too low. And when you uh, like you, it, this part of a draft, you're generally just looking for someone who's going to play starters minutes, and he yeah. will. He's part of their core and future. They like him a lot. So right. why the hell not? Like, okay, fine. Let's say that his role shrinks, which is not what you want, but it's a possibility. Who cares? If you have to cast him into the ocean, your tenth round pick doesn't matter. Most of these guys yeah. are going to get dropped three weeks into the season anyway. So I like True. it. That's a nice little home run hack there. I'm on board. Yeah, he, yeah. He's just a he's like a vol, he's a bit of a volume player. Like you said, the free the field goal percentage is not good, but you know he finished. I'm looking at the rankings. He finished 99 last year, even with that bad yeah. shooting, right? Um, and so you know he's he's pretty decent peripheral too. And if you look at the the rebounds assists for for, for what you're getting at that stage of the draft, so yeah, I, I do like Bay. Um, Jay Sean Tate is totally just a. a Kind of a dart throw, honestly. Like I don't know how things are going to play out in Houston. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If he's going to be impacted, you know. Uh, but he's a guy who's who again has put up some versatile numbers. Really, really good field goal percentage. Um, a little bit of everything. Just, just you haven't really. He hasn't really had a chance to play consistent minutes because they're like you know we're playing everybody there for a while. Um, and then like Stephen Adams, I don't even remember if I if I if I took Stephen Adams or he was queued up. I think. Either way, like Steve Adams is a real safe late round pick. Again, like you pretty much know what you're getting from him. Among these guys towards the end, this will be the last question. Then I'll officially let you out of the hot seat. We never get all, all the right. guys, we never get all the guys we want in those ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth rounds. Who are a couple right. of the dudes you were looking at that perhaps did not make it back to your team? I, I. I'm always reluctant to just say the word sleeper, but I guess this is where that comes in. So who <laughs> who slips in as a couple of those late guys you were hoping might sneak to your team? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple. There's definitely a couple guys here that I was hoping to get. Um, I think if you look at, like, Washington and what they did in the offseason with that trade with Denver, I think Monte Morris and, and Will Barton are both guys who are going really late in drafts. Um, but who are like, you know, kind of appealing um, as far as like the, you know, pretty decent fantasy players who are going to have some opportunities in Washington. Um, so I was kind of looking at, the, at those two. I'm trying to see who else. I know it's a tough one to try to scan like 50 players' names while you're actually yeah. talking. <laughs> it's not, yeah. not easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, because things, the reason I phrase it like that and the reason I started in the ninth round and, and you can keep sort of eyeball scanning while I monologue here is that it, it does seem like right around pick 100 is where you start to have to make that choice, and my listeners are probably sick of hearing me say this, but that choice <laughs> between you're either picking someone with a floor or someone who has a you know low percentage shot at a ceiling, where, and we talked about it already on this podcast hit, like your first six picks all had a nice floor, and had a little ceiling. You want and. And is what we're looking for in this instance. But after about pick 90, 95, 100, and 
is no longer an option. Now we're into or. So you're picking, okay, am I going to take the safe guy or am I going to close my eyes and swing as hard as I can and see what happens? So that's, you know, it's funny too. I almost feel like it was right almost after my ninth round pick where you started to get into that. I took Kyle Lowry, who's obviously going to be a bit hurt, but he has a floor. If he's a little healthier, that's your ceiling. And then you get into, you start to take some swings. Um, So maybe starting almost from that pick to the end of this draft, were there any other names that even looking back, you're like, oh, that would have been an interesting one to pick up. Yeah. um, I'm just making sure I look at the the tail end of my rankings too. Um, (laughs) That's true. You can go, you can go with that direction also. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, there's some guys down here. I do. I think have some interesting potential, like Kelly Oubre, um, in Charlotte, right, with, like, Miles Bridges not being around this yeah, year. Totally. I think is, you know, could be a guy that could, like, and we saw him do it in spurts, but, like, never really consistently yet. Um, I'm a little bit intrigued with, oh, I guess I already talked about them. I think I'm a little intrigued with Patrick Williams and what he could do in Chicago this year. I mean, there's definitely a bunch of guys here where, at this point, you're just taking shots on on talent, right, on opportunity, and, um yeah, I, w- I would single those guys out. I mentioned the Washington guys. The Anthony Melton, like what his role in, in Philadelphia is going to mm-hmm. be, like would be a really interesting play there. I'll, I'll I'll go with those for mine for now. I love it. Yeah, I I a lot of really good ones in there. Um, and I know in talking to to some of the other sharps, that you are not on an island with some of those names. Also, <laughs> um, awesome, Dan. You can officially remove yourself from the lukewarm seat. I'll give you a second to stand up and, and stretch. Get yourself all loose here. Um, at ThunderDanDFS on Twitter. At ThunderDanDFS. First of all, actually a couple things here. Number one, again, massive thank you for carving out time to jump on the show. Again, yeah. super awesome to finally get to talk to you. Um, this is and great. Can we do it again once the season gets rolling? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, like I said, we're both busy guys, but I know we'll make time for it. Um, It's a priority for me. Thanks for having me, and I would love to come back and and talk some more hoops. Congrats again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. All right, Dan. Thanks, buddy. Thunder Dan. It is fun to say. I'll admit it. Brew has actually called me Thunder Dan behind the scenes a little bit, but I am not Thunder Dan. I am what what would a very old iteration of dan b i give you all full permission to tweet at me ridiculous nicknames that uh connect me to the very old fantasy teams that i tend to make also looking forward to getting thunder dan back on the show throughout the season he'll be fun to talk to for a couple of reasons we we really focused on the mock draft and season-long strategy here but he also does dfs and sports betting um so we can bug him a little bit about that we of course have our dfs podcast Try to link them up with those guys. We have our betting shows. Link them up with those guys. That uh, that Thunder Dan, man, he works hard. He's a crazy person. I actually, I, we and I talked to, uh, coming a Monday show is going to be with Mike Barner, who also covers all three major sports. I, I just, I don't know how these guys do it. I am so cooked by the end of the NBA season that if I had to go, like, dive into it another regular season, I'd lose my mind. Anyway, fun conversation there. We did not do a mock draft today for the podcast, but we will do one on social media. So yet another reason to come pivot from here 
over into the land of the tweeters, and we can talk to you about our uh, mock draft results over there. I do, again, I kind of want to feel out what's going to go on with these old guys. Are... Yahoo moved them up in the X ranks, but is that going to be reflected in how drafts actually shake out? So maybe we'll do some stuff with Twitter. Perhaps I'll drop myself into a mock. Maybe, maybe I'll just drop myself into a very cheap Yahoo. By the way, they have new names now. They're not Yahoo Pro Leagues now. They're called Yahoo Public Prize Leagues, which doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but it is significantly more accurate than calling them Pro Leagues because they're... Not at all for pros, but I'm in them. <laughs> uh, so maybe I'll drop into one of those. A real draft would be a nice way to, to kind of get a feel for where guys are actually going as opposed to, you know, you get mock drafts and, and folks hang out for four, five, six rounds, and they're like, okay, that's all I need to see, which is so dumb. You need to see at least until the ninth or tenth round. You need to see the order of guys up until you get to that dry-up point that we've talked about on the show. You gotta. Again, do grab me on Twitter if you have any questions. At Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I have not bugged you almost at all about ratings and reviews on the show. But if you have a moment, this would be a time that I would be extraordinarily grateful. Rate and review. Five stars will make me the happiest boy in Los Angeles that's over on uh, your podcast app or iTunes or whatever's easiest way to do it over there. So once again, thank you everybody for making this a wonderful week. This is, again, our most downloaded week of an off-season, not counting October, of course, because that's not really the off-season anymore in the history of the podcast. You guys make it that way. You're the best. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will see you all in October. So long for now.